They think that if they make you... Callum, I'm doing a podcast. That's good for the B-roll. <laughs> Welcome to your college aunts. I'm Layla. And I'm Zanthony. And we are your college aunts. Now, you might be wondering, what qualifies us to give advice? And honestly, I'm asking myself the same question. Xanthi? Um, I'm pretty much sure I, I don't have anything that qualifies me. I, yeah. I, I've been that friend who right. is like the advice giver because she, she never gets herself into interesting situations uh, and okay. all of her friends are in the interesting situations. Uh-huh, I see. But at the same time, I mean, I've had a little bit of life experience. I went on a gap year. You know? Oh my God, your gap year, how was that? I, oh, that was good, got to know myself a bit. But I mean, <laughs> I just feel like we spent first year learning a lot mm. and, and we, yeah, we really have learned a lot. So I think... <laughs> <laughs> Got to put it to some good use, really. Yeah. No, um, to be honest, I think I've experienced a lot of weird, wonderful, and even very woeful things. Did you like that illustration? <laughs> um, which means that very little actually surprises me. Also, I'm just the friend that gives like good advice, but really seldom follows it herself. So I reckon I should just keep going down that path of being a bit of a train wreck, but like helping other people not be train wrecks. No one takes their own advice. I, oh I yeah, don't yeah, definitely not. Who takes their own advice? That's because why you don't want to take your own advice. You, you don't want to take your own advice. And even if you know in your head deep down the right thing to do, sometimes you just need someone to be like, "You need to do yeah. this." Like in this week's column, when I was like saying about tough love about the person who's worried about their degree. Yeah. You just need to hear tough love from someone. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we've reasonably justified our qualifications, so I guess we're gonna go into the questions. Yeah, you're all pretty bad at dating is what yeah. we've gathered from this week are, are we surprised <laughs> not really to be honest <laughs> who's the most needy of our help of our aid so someone asked seducing members of one's covid household <laughs> um look, i have quite strong opinions about this yeah go on Xanthi, let them loose i mean first of all i have actually on my notes like me and layla both, both <laughs> did a little prep and we wrote down notes underneath this question I wrote a friend's name and just don't of this individual having lived with someone, dated them, and then chosen to live with them for two more years. The worst idea. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> Layla's laughing because I'm just doing a deep, deep inhale. But like, yeah. it just brings so many problems. You can never escape from them. If they have someone else back to the house, mm. it's in your face. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do to be like polite, not no definitely not it's right there it's also very conducive to catching feelings oh yeah for because sure. if you live with each other you spend a lot of time together in like a domestic way oh which yeah which makes it relationshipy even if you just want to seduce them for friendly nighttime cuddles um, <laughs> friendly <laughs> nighttime cuddles i think that's gonna be the new yeah friendly nighttime cuddles. new phrase for us devil's tango i don't know ah! um but making yeah. brownies right you can't escape that You're and right. so i honestly don't think so sorry Sorry to be harsh, but... Um, yeah, no, I agree, because I feel like even if you're the most, like, emotionless, heartless, I can separate friendly nighttime cuddles from other, from, like, relationshipy stuff, it's just objectively a bad idea. Like, it's literally been proven that just constant exposure to someone makes you more attracted to them and like even if you're not a jealous person you will get jealous and you'll feel possessive and which is kind of gross but you will and it's just we think we like people when we don't yes do you know what i mean like it's oh, like I'm how a lot so of, guilty of oh yeah and it's like it's the thing where people think they've been in love when they have yeah and it's just because they kind of just latched on got obsessed 
and that's just a very different thing and I feel like like what like you said that that kind of a situation is very conducive to that kind yeah, of thing completely. so you could literally be mugging yourself off for someone who you don't it, actually fancy yeah. because we have no options yeah yeah exactly once we're gonna you, make worse choices once you pick someone you've like properly latched onto them yeah yeah like you cannot escape that with friends here sometimes mm. friends can make you also perpetuate that cycle oh definitely we definitely. love talking about our friends chirpses and relationships yeah, yeah. and it's fun it's nice it's really good i'm glad my friends want to talk to me about it mm. but the more you talk about someone the more they're in your head oh definitely and once they've got um what's the word like living rent free living rent free in their head exactly <laughs> that's not what you want and if you're already spending like a ridiculous amount of time together because you're living together and you're yeah. locked down together and the thing and the thing is returning to that point even if you're the most chill like i don't catch feelings the person never they might not be mm-hmm. and so even if you have gone over the situation and you're fine with it they might not be yeah i don't like it takes two people i don't like people who don't necessarily consider the other person's feeling in yeah that situation exactly because it's not just you catching feelings they might catch feelings and then you've broken someone's heart Unless you're convinced, like, they're the love of your life. Like, if it's that kind of situation, which is really, really rare, Rare. just don't do it. And I feel like that's the segue into this question, because my answer to this question kind of hinges on that kind of Mm -hmm. similar thing, which is, should I stay Mm -hmm. in my long-distance relationship as a fresher? Honestly, no. Do you know why I say no? Because just if... I'm not really, like, a mathsy person, right? But if I just did some maths and, like, some statistical analysis, not that I know how to do that, and I looked at everyone I knew who, like started uni in a long distance relationship or has been in a long distance relationship at a young age always ends badly and the reason it ends badly is because a lot of the time people assume like that if you had some kind of somewhat serious relationship in secondary school that like because it hasn't really come to a bad end you should just kind of continue it into university but what always seems to end up happening is people realize that you actually have to really see this person as a long-term person for a long-distance relationship to actually be worth it because you're not seeing them in your day-to-day life especially if you're a fresher it means that maybe instead of you going out to meet other freshers you might have to stay in your room and call this person it's great like if you like this person but i'm inclined to say that you end up going down the path and almost like you're more likely to end up resenting each other and see it as a kind of loss of freedom. I think it's almost better to break up and see if you find each other again because often like the process of a long distance relationship, it just ends up being like not worth it and you end up resenting each other. I don't necessarily agree that people should break up and say, we'll see if we get back together because I think there is this weird thing in human nature of like, if you're with other people in between, Mm. it makes it much harder because you can't repeat the past. I'm of the opinion that, like, generally, yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah. I've had some friends where it really worked, like, a home friend yeah. and his girlfriend, they've been together for three years. You but know, are they, like, endgame? I think they're endgame. Yeah, that's but the thing, though. I also think that's partly to do with the fact that they were friends before they got yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, And I feel like that's why it's really hard to say, oh, you should break up, because I don't know no, what no, the I get story that. of your relationship no, is. No. Yeah, I think you have to ask yourself is this really someone I'm going to marry? Or if, if you aren't into marriage, you know, buy some cats with, or like whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, like... No, no, I, that's, that's, like, that's the point. I'm not saying go break up with whoever no. right now. I'm just saying, like, if you know that, like, this isn't really, like, the most serious thing ever, and, like, realistically, you can see that actually you could end up presenting this person because mm. of having to dedicate more time to them in a kind of di- extra difficult context in this COVID context, I feel like it's just objectively not worth it. Like, I'm sure you'll learn a lot, 
but I don't know whether it's if you put it in really logical terms because sometimes I think with relationships you do they even if they make you happy if they're not really for the long term are they going to make you so happy through this sort of communication yeah like and not being around you, you like is it gonna be satisfying is it actually satisfying and worth yeah. it I also think you make a good point though in terms of like because we're this culture well, we come from a culture of like monogamy long term yeah 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 we have this thing in us of like, once you've found someone you really like, you stick with them. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, because what happens at university is you change as a person. I agree with that as well. Um, and I think the only, the reason, if you want your long-term relationship, your long-distance relationship to work, you need to be changing together, even though you're apart. Yeah, which yeah, Which is yeah. so incredibly hard. I agree with that so much. Because like, who I would have dated at the beginning of Freshers' Week here. Yeah, oh my God. Not who I would have dated now. <laughs> oh my lord! <laughs> oh, me. I, 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 neither of us came here in a relationship. No. I just feel like we both came here very different people to who we are now. Oh, very much. And I, oh god, that sounds so bad. I was gonna say, don't stay with someone just because you love them if they make you desperately unhappy at the same time. Oh no, that's not bad. That's true. Because being apart from someone, if I'm really against the idea of like not having a normal uni experience because you have a partner. I agree with that as well. I think obviously don't go out and get with other people that's cheating but I think <laughs> last year when clubs were open yeah I think you shouldn't not club just because you have oh partner. yeah for sure you, and you shouldn't do stuff because you want to like be very settled and homely like yeah. no you should come to uni and have a good that's time. why people have midlife crises it's not even about dating other people it's like the thing I was saying of like instead of going out to a society or something or like going out with your new household you're like no sorry I have to FaceTime yeah my boyfriend especially if it's like a, a, like a heterosexual relationship so it's yeah. one of the opposite sex you might not get to know your male or female friends as well yeah because you have to have this barrier up of like, oh yeah i don't want people to perceive me as flirting with people oh definitely um and i think that's really sad because i think university especially if you went to a single sex school is a prime place to like make lots of friends of the opposite sex yeah and so i almost feel like sad for people who miss out on the opportunity to get to know like if it's a guy like all their female friends yeah exactly because it brings like a richness and like a diversity to your friendship group and your life which is yeah. part of the university thing no i agree with you so much yeah so i guess the conclusion on that one is maybe <laughs> but maybe not I maybe think... me and xanthi just hate relationships i think you just have maybe to, like... we're just projecting no i'm joking <laughs> no. i think we've given some pretty decent advice yeah. there so i hope this fresher just look into your soul and ask yourself the co- like cost benefit it basically yeah There's, now can you tell that xanthi studies equal yeah <laughs> and that's what you have to do um another quite interesting dating question that is like similar to the covid household but more like slightly wholesome more wholesome is like is it a stupid idea to date someone in the same course at the same college right um, and this person said they've had a crush for the last year but they're too scared to act on it thing is we do different courses so yeah. i feel like it is different because when i wrote notes for this i said that if you're in a massive course, it's yeah. obviously completely different yeah. because, you know, if you're in a year of what, like, are there 20 Natskis or more? At Darnham. Yeah, they're probably like... Probably, yeah, there's quite a lot. Same with Medic as well. Yeah. The likelihood that you rely on this person for academic stuff or that you have supervisions with them is much lower. Yeah. But, oh my God, can you imagine if it's like Asnak and it's two of you? Even oh, like HSPS, no. there's only like eight of us and we all will just get supervised together. Yeah. You just can't run. I don't know. Like, I feel like this situation needs a bit of context. Like, mm. if I was going to have a chat with this person, I'd be like, has this person given you, like... Signals. Signals. Have you spent time together? Or are you just crushing from a distance? Mm-hmm. 
Because if you're just crushing from a distance, I mean, I'm not saying don't shoot your shot, but I'm just saying like, I don't want to say it might not be worth it because I do believe in shooting your shot, but also it might not be worth it. But yeah, it just depends on how much interaction you've had. I think the worst situation would be if you're on a average size course. Yeah. And this person is like a friend. Oh, like yeah. Like you do work together and yeah. you like spend time together. I mean, That could literally either be the start of such a good relationship, relationship or like horrific. some horrific, awkward falling out, basically. I'm trying to think. If what I, you would do. Well, if I fancied one of the boys on my course, what would I do? <laughs> if I just internalise and burn those feelings if I'm honest yeah but is that just a reflection of you Xanthi no because not <laughs> like at all although maybe I'm just a bit different now after summer but yeah maybe um, but no I would say like you have to just be like realistic about it no I agree like don't get me wrong even though you probably can't tell I am a bit of a hopeless romantic makes you cringe to say that but like sometimes those toxic romantic narratives that you've watched and consumed repeatedly like through films and books and whatever they can kind of just permeate your brain to the point of making you really unreasonable and being like but this could be the cutest thing ever. Like, we do the same cause, we're at the same college. When we get married and have kids, we'll send our kids to that college too. And like, da-da-da. So you have to kind of just unpack whether any of that is kind of influencing your vision of what, I guess, a relationship could be with this person. Also, if you don't want a relationship with them, it's definitely not worth it. Like, I, I think oh, this is also... Just if it's cuddles. literally just, like, you want some nighttime cuddles, please don't oh, do yeah, it yeah, don't do There that. are so no, many no, people no, no. who would nighttime cuddle you that you're not going to have to awkwardly yes, interact completely. with. No, no. If this is not relationship serious, do not consider this. Like, no, no. Literally, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't have nighttime cuddles with people on your course at your college. Yeah. It just, it can spiral into a nightmare. Don't be put off. If you would go out with them if they were doing a different course. Yeah. Yeah. that's probably a good sign that's a good that's definitely a good sign but so I, I think like the context is important but at the same time also like if it was a different context compare it to a different context and figure it out um just tricky because obviously it also depends on what year you're in yeah if yeah you shoot your shot you're in third year of a three-year degree I who mean, cares yeah you've got what like two terms left what's the worst that happens yeah whereas if you're probably in our year it's yeah, really dangerous yeah. because you've got at least another year with that person or for example if you're a medic understanding of medics maybe i'm wrong but <laughs> it's kind of that they are they do spend a lot of time together yeah they and do. they go out together and do things like yeah it's quite a night like in that sense really nice cause like if your friendship group is your cause as well dangerous yeah it's just one of those like super messy things like <laughs> also oh, depends how messy a person you are like if you're not a messy person if you're not awkward if you're not an awkward person yeah if you're not an awkward or messy person like go ahead yeah yeah. you just got to know yourself a lot of these questions the the fundamental answer is you've got to know yourself and you've got to try and work out how you respond to situations Mm -hmm. because i'm thinking about myself i guess if i really liked someone i and i was a fresher and they were on my course probably would go there and like i think i could deal with the consequences mentally but i have friends who probably couldn't like i've had discussions about this with some of my close friends and, like, I'll have been in situations where they'll be, like, later, like, if that happened to me, I would not be able to function. Yeah. So you just have to have a really solid grasp of what your own boundaries are and, like, what... And have an understanding of how you respond to things and just don't delude yourself. Like, yeah. And that's why, even when we give advice, we have to be, like, mindful of that. Knowing yeah. yourself is so fundamental to all of these things. And also, maybe this is the good thing about it being someone, if it's, like, a friend or yeah. someone you course who you really... Like, you have a good friendship with. Yeah. Maybe it won't be awkward because if you want to stay friends, you two will figure it out. Exactly. I just, if it goes 
belly <laughs> up, would you be cringing? In keeping with couples, someone asked us about basically living with someone who's in a relationship <laughs> and that some, so, some things are too horrible to imagine. Some things are too horrible to imagine. Um, I think when you live with someone who's, especially because of lockdown and stuff, who's got a girlfriend or boyfriend, make sure that like you're nice to that other person, especially if they come over a lot, yeah. like include them in things, get to know them, especially because you know your friend better than you know their other half. Yeah, yeah, of course. But at the same time, um, if they're doing stuff, that's getting on your nerves don't be afraid to tell your friend like look mate yeah she's doing this or he's doing this yeah no i agree um it's kind of like one of those sticky situations because i think it's really horrible if you're in a situation where you're the other and you're going into an environment and then people are being hostile to you but at the same time couples can be really annoying like they can be if you're not in them and yes this is the bitter single person coming out in me But, like, it's one of those things, like, if you're going into communal space and the couple's just there and they're, like, being all handsy. Yeah, I literally Like, it can make people feel gross. (laughs) So, like, you might need to set some ground rules and boundaries. You may need to have those difficult conversations. I say say clear ground rules on no kitchen fondling on my nose. (laughs) Because that would genuinely be something that would be annoying. Like, if it happened once... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally get a room. You have a room. You have a room. You don't need to get one. And I also said, like, do include them in stuff. Like, if you're having a kitchen meal yeah. together, like, always make them feel like they can come along. Again, this is kind of, like, treading on difficult territory, but if you do feel like that your friend is just spending all their time with their girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, you can also have that conversation with them. Like, reach out, just be like, hey, I miss you. Can, like, just the two of us hang out? Yeah. And I think that's reasonable, because you have to remember that when some people get into a relationship, they are the kind of person just to, like, constantly be around that person. But we're all different in relationships. Like, that's not for everyone. But obviously, like, it can be upsetting if like your really close friend gets into a relationship and they just don't seem to have time for you but like you definitely should just voice that instead of just sitting in the corner sulking yeah if you suddenly stop seeing your friend for like days on end yeah literally like i'm sure they're not doing it on purpose like they're probably just really wrapped up especially if it's the early stages of a new relationship oh yeah the honeymoon phase getting to know everyone or (laughs) something if only you could see her face yeah like it's just so exciting when you're in a new relationship and you just bloody love it, don't you? You just you just yeah. revel in it. You're like yeah. You just I, it's been a while, so um yeah, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Although someone also asked a question which was kind of like weirdly phrased, but I think I understand what they mean. What did they say? It's um, what do you do if you were seeing someone in Lent and then you're not seeing them over at lockdown? Oh right. Which I think we kind of took to mean basically like yeah, you were together last term and you aren't together now, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's... Okay, this is an awkward one because I think... Okay, I'm going to take it from the perspective that you were, like, dating this person but not official in Lent and then things kind of fizzled out and now you want to maybe reignite the flame. Um, But, yeah, it is a bit of a difficult one because sometimes things just fizzle out, right? And that's just the way it is. But then also we have had a literal pandemic. Like, things have gone a bit crazy. I definitely had a few, like, difficult periods during quarantine where if I would have had a talking stage, I think I probably would have stopped speaking to them, probably at no fault of their own. So you've kind of just got to assess the situation within those boundaries. If you want to reach out, just try, reach out, um, and just see how they respond. I think you've got to at least give the chance for them to respond. And, like, if they haven't messaged you, sometimes you have to have to be try not to be stubborn and just actually make the move yourself i don't really advocate for making the move that much 
I just have a theory that most guys will just say yes most of the time, even if they're not that into you. Really? That's interesting. I've never thought about that. Uh, that's kind of, that's, but that's just due to my own personal experience. That's just me projecting again. But if I was going to be reasonable and a bit more balanced, I'd say like, if things just kind of fizzled out for whatever reason and you're not entirely sure why, but you did kind of like them, just reach out, like say hi, ask if they'd want to meet you. Worst case scenario, you get rejected. You're going to survive. And at least you know, and you won't just spend all your time agonizing, obsessing, thinking what if, like if you feel like you just need to know whether it's over or not, that's what I do mm. personally. Yeah, like, closure is fake by the way. I'm just going to say yeah. that now. Like it's literally an excuse for you to keep thinking about it. But I think in that sort of situation, quote-unquote closure can be helpful because and if you're avoiding addressing it it's because you don't actually do you know what I mean you avoid it because you want to keep thinking about it and you want to keep obsessing but actually you don't want closure because closure would be you just asking them yeah that's true that's very true but then I would also say do you actually need closure or not like don't delude yourself into being like needing closure because oh definitely I'm just saying if you actually want to keep things going then this is closure to that conundrum but not yeah. closure closure yeah some people need a post-mortem they, no, 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 they do they do like especially if a situation has been sort of odd like you were saying if you yeah. just stop talking and things sort of fizzle out weirdly mm. potentially that might be a good thing because there's a lot of unanswered questions oh yeah and you want to understand for next time mm. how to fix that but whereas i also think there are situations where having a post-mortem isn't like it's an indulgence of yourself you're indulging yourself i think there's also a tendency as well at, here mm. when people are going out or like have gone out yeah there's this weird thing of like wanting to bump into them you want to see them can't relate <laughs> no like people people seem to want to have closure through seeing them at university through mm. like being like oh you still exist mm. kind of thing and just stop indulging yourself at the end you just of- want drama <laughs> oh everyone crazy everyone craves a little bit because mm. it's something to think about when you're sitting alone in your room doing super work you want your love life to be more complicated than it is. Everyone oh, definitely. Does. Unless you're the sort of person who's incredibly shy and retiring. It's a bit of attention, isn't it? You're, you messaging them is using up their attention and it makes you feel better. That's why you shouldn't message them, probably. A lot of it comes down to self-respect a bit. Yeah. If you just have a harsh conversation with yourself and realise talking and being really, like, attention-craving about these kind of situations you're actually just not giving yourself much credit because at the end of the day most i'm gonna be a bit positive here at the end of the day (laughs) right at at the end of the day right if if someone chooses not to date you or they don't like you that doesn't mean that you're inherently a terrible person or that you're unworthy or unlovable but a lot of the problem is people have pretty much everyone has some form of insecurity um, but if you're a bit more insecure, that tends to kind of culminate in itself and you really needing external validation. So I would argue if you find yourself cr- like really upset that this person doesn't want to date you for whatever reason, you might actually just need to work on yourself because mm-hmm. the idea of this external validation not being there is actually sending you spiraling. Whereas if you find a way, which it, it's really hard, like I'm not just, I'm not being like, yeah, you're gonna wake up and you'll suddenly you're be- right, seven, everything's perfect. You, you have no issues. You literally have to work on it. Like it's so hard, but if you reach a good stage of like internal validation and you un- understand that like you're worthy of being loved, you're worthy of being treated with respect, all these actually very basic things, which unfortunately a lot of us don't feel a lot of the time, you won't crave this closure. You won't crave all these things because you'll realize actually like, maybe it's not about you a lot of the time it's actually about the other person we're all really selfish like they might not want to date you for a reason that actually is completely nothing to do with you like yeah sometimes we do shitty things and we need to learn from those things but 
someone no longer wanting to hang out with you or not really wanting to take things further with you sometimes you actually even though it seems really personal you can't take it personally yeah and that's really hard but it's true the people i've been attracted to at yeah. my time here i've always been most attracted to them when they were confident happy and not like in a bad place exactly which obviously is hard because we all go through shit but and that does that doesn't mean that if you're if you have bad mental health at the moment completely understandable it doesn't mean you're not deserving of love either let's just put that out like (laughs) i think i think as well with this question if there's been if there's been some level of like coldness because Mm. of the situation the things that are going on in the world i think you kind of just have to let it go a bit because everyone who went through lockdown had moments of absolutely feeling awful oh yeah trust me but also i think especially for people going into second year i think that really gave you time to evaluate or like even overthink situations from like your first year so it has like i think some people may have just thought themselves out of a lot of situations very true because you've literally had the time to but yeah my overarching thing is like if they don't want to see you anymore you just can't really take it personally know that there will be someone i can't guarantee when or where or how that will want to see you but even if there's no one at the moment like we just need to stop attaching the idea of like self-worth and happiness to dating and i think at Cambridge because we're all like academic most of us are really like talented in some way or another even though a lot of us have imposter syndrome we always want more and it's like actually like having good mental health being productive and like eating well every day all those kind of things you should be proud of those things and those things make you a good person too like you don't need to date or like have people desiring you to like be happy or be a good person like honestly often it's people who have like the most people after them that aren't even happy and i just think you've just got to reframe the way you view that kind of a situation that's really not what they asked but i just went on for a tangent the only other thing that that it made me think was um don't message them because you're sad and you miss Mm. intimacy because i think at the moment no one has intimacy because physically we're not allowed to be legit and so the worst thing you could do if you were seeing them then you're not seeing them now mm. is like booty calling them or please um, don't do that or like getting drunk and texting them and sending oh, that's really just, deep that's embarrassing just embarrassing stuff. guys don't do that like put up <laughs> that boundary like if you're considering seeing them again like mm. if, if you want to um start going out with them again you should not do that you should oh, approach yeah. them in a really like sensible calm Proper manner way. yeah i can't remember it because i put my laptop down but it was like oh i'm in love with my best friend i always call them girlfriend oh, yeah i'm not gonna lie to you, you i think you need friend. i think you need to stop doing that though like don't call them girlfriend jokingly it's just awkward i know i've had a lot of situations like this in the past like i get it being in love with your best friend must be really hard you have to remember that they're not necessarily in love with you and the idea of you being in love with them, it's not necessarily gross, but it might make them feel like- Really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable and upset because especially in like a standard like hetero- (laughs) heteronormative like male-female friendship, that was not the word. I meant to say like you're both straight, but I guess that is heteronormative, like if we imagine things heteronormative. Like, if it's a... Basically, if you've got a pair that could potentially be attracted to each other... Like, their, se- not, their sexual orientations are aligned. Their sexual yeah. orientations... Good! That's their a good way of saying. sexual orientations are aligned. As a woman, I've been in situations where, like, I've had a male friend, and then it turned out the whole time they were just, like, quote-unquote in love with me, but really, like, that means they just want night- nighttime cuddles from me, slash they might not have actually, but that's how it ended up making me feel. 
I understand. So yes. you've this is and it's it's a really upsetting situation to be in. This is such an interesting talking point. It actually relates to some conversations I've been having recently. Mm. There is something about objectifying your friends mm. that feels so much more inherently wrong no. than objectifying a stranger because when someone's your friend, mm. you know them on a level of again intimacy. You know them intimately. You know mm. you know much more about them than, than physically. And yeah. so to then, like, almost backtrack yeah. and objectify them, you're disregarding all their feelings, all yeah, their thoughts, literally. their past, their history. If you only want nighttime colours with your friend, get over yourself. Legit. But if you if you have proper feelings... That's different. But also, at the same time, don't, like you said, don't make them feel yeah. like what you want is, is not a relationship. Having been in a situation where I... I was friends with someone and then we did end up going out later on. Yeah. Um, I do think it's a really good foundation for a relationship. Mm-hmm. But it has to be quite mutual. And I feel oh. like it's not just that it's mutual. Consent. No, no, no. But <laughs> no, no, I know. But it is a form of consent. that's like you're on the same page at the same time. Mm. With that relationship, we liked each other more at different times. And so it was like sort of mm. two little waves not quite waving together yeah and so that meant out of phase out of phase indeed oh a level physics being out of phase made it quite hard and we wouldn't say led to it breaking up but it led to it being like a relationship was never gonna really work mm. because we hadn't started on the right foot no i get you completely because one of us had fancied the other more than the other but previously that person mm. fancied, and it, it's very confusing yeah and no I, I like agree with what you're saying like i have like the alternate i think we've got like the flip side like you've got those situations where they're successful and it becomes a relationship. I've got the situations where it literally makes you want to die and then you lose all faith in men and you think you can't have any male friends. But I, yeah, because I can imagine that's hard. Like, it's so hard. I, I've not been in a situation ever where mm. a male friend fancied me. I've always fancied the friend, which um, not, speaks to a lot of my issues, but we'll move, move on. <laughs> this um, is not therapy, Zambi. This is not that's therapy. That's for after the, the podcast. Yeah. If you're doing that kind of like, almost like as a Freudian slip and it's like <gasps> you just sorry <laughs> and it's like let's not talk about Freud yeah let's not talk about Freud um but if you're doing it from that sense and you're, you legit have like feelings for her and you do you really can't do anything about it so you want to talk to her about it when you talk to her about it make it clear there's no pressure on her and I think set some boundaries if she's not reciprocating and you will also need to give yourself time and her time after that it, it is a risky thing to do but if this is literally just a case of, which happens a lot, I think particularly to guys, is that they can be friends with a girl and then, but ha- but have maybe found her attractive from when they first met, but then they became friends. So there's still that like underlying awkwardness like pervading through. Um, if it's that situation and you are basically just objectifying her every now and again, thinking like, ooh, nighttime cuddles with you would be fun. Stop yourself, please. Because I-, I feel like I'm pleading from my perspective because it's just like, that has the potential to literally end a friendship because it's just so horrible. Like, and you can end up feeling like, like this is just, again, me personally talking about myself because this is obviously narcissistic, but um, you can just end up feeling like, wow, like this whole time, even if this isn't true, this whole time, they've only literally been friends with me to try and get close to me Mm. so that they could have the chance to like nighttime cuddle with me and they actually don't care about me and that actually will create some level of insecurities potentially or uncomfortable yeah yeah it's so uncomfortable and ultimately hopefully that isn't true but you can still make that make that person feel that way i also think if it's that situation like you said of yeah you found someone attractive when you first met them then you ended up becoming really good friends and now you fancy them evaluate the situation and say is it that i 
I want to be in a relationship with them because I used to find them physically attractive when I first met yeah. them before we became close. And now we're friends and we're close. That means, obviously, yeah. that we should be in a relationship. Well, no, it doesn't. No. Because being in a relationship is a lot more than that. It's, it's not just... This is, what, this is what I used to... I used to think being in a relationship was having a best friend who you were really sexually attracted to. Mm-mm. But I don't think it is that. No. Because I think it's also, fundamentally, are you quite compatible? Do you have the same uh, goals, objectives, yeah, paths? definitely. That's why this person... If they really like her, yeah, they need to think. Yeah, definitely. If I want a relationship, is because your relationship won't be the same as your friendship. It's no, not like absolutely it, it's not. Like it just continues. No, it'll be a complete change. You might just be friends. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, like as in you, you. This is also why it's confusing because physical attraction. Oh, is, yeah. Like this aste- like someone could be aesthetically attractive, but you don't oh. fancy them. Yeah, so figure out if, basically... Basically, figure out. You need to have a conversation with yourself is the general overarching conclusion. <laughs> and, and say, like, are we actually compatible as a relationship, yeah. not friendship? Because and that's the answer probably the is no, times, actually. The, there have been friendships lost to this kind of thing. Definitely. So, yeah, the, the, the non-relationship question this week. Um, Let's get there. I'm was, sure everyone's dying to hear it. Um, I'm worried about going back to being the stupid one at Cambridge. At home, I'm the smart one, the friend that goes to Cambridge. My friends look to me for advice and help. Mm. Over at uni, I'm the weakest link in the friendship group. I'm the one that says dumb things in supos and might just scrape to one. I find this so interesting because I kind of get what you're saying. Like, Mm. depending on what your background is, some people, this literally might be so black and white if that makes sense. Like, they might go home to a situation where possibly none of their friends even go to uni. Their parents, yeah, like, no, no, definitely. They they might in a way be smarter than their parents. Oh yeah, I have a friend like that. Yeah, and that must be incredibly hard. Like no. I, I can completely understand that. That that would be hard. No, I agree with you so much. I think the thing is here again. We kind of return to this theme of like external validation. You've just got to realise, even if back home you do feel like you're the smartest there or whatever. There's always situations where you're not the smartest. Mm-hmm. Like, even if it's not at Cambridge, you could start a job and you could be, like, the second smartest or whatever. But, again, thinking of yourself solely in terms of smartness, that's probably something that's been projected onto you. Because if you are someone back home who's, like, the smart friend, etc., you might have just really had everyone project that persona onto you. That's how you're known. And then you've kind of internalised that. But I think you just need to remind yourself that there's so much more to you than being smart. And even just, like, going to uni and going to Cambridge, we're all smart, like, yes to varying degrees. About even varying topics. About varying yeah, topics yeah. and, like, varying things. But you're not here for no reason, which obviously is really hard when you, you are suffering a bit of the imposter syndrome vibe, but there's more to you than being smart and you've just got to reevaluate and question and unpack why you keep finding this idea that, like, your level of smartness, relative level of smartness is, like, the most important thing because I can promise you it's not. I'm sure your friends at Cambridge or, like, those around you, they don't think, oh, they're not smart or, like, they're the least smart. Like, I don't think I think of anyone like that. And if you are around people who think they're, like, think like that... They're, they're not nice people. They're, they're not very that. nice people and they're probably really insecure. Yeah, I Like, agree. you have to be really insecure to think in those terms. And I think you just need to kind of reach a level where you understand that you're a complex human being. Like, so much more to you than that. And, like, if when you go home you find it kind of difficult to always be called the smart friend you can say that to your friends at home they probably don't mean it in a bad way i think it's almost an objectification in a different sense it literally is like when because when you're the smart one yeah because be it for example if you're in a group of friends and like there's there's like the sporty one like i'm not no no i get you you. but like do you know what i mean like there's a smart 
one, there's the funny one, there's the sporty one. But it's an expectation one. that's always there, and this is the problem. It's limiting, it's massively it's limiting. It's so limit. it's limiting, but it's also, like, so difficult. It feels a bit like um, Sisyphus and the boulder. It's like you're constantly pushing up against this expectation and it's exactly. so bad. That's why I think a lot of people like coming to uni because they can kind of detach themselves from all the previous expectations that people pushed onto them that which are really self-reinforcing because you internalise it and yeah, then you reproject yeah. it. And it's like, even if you don't actively do it, you'd be like, you do do it without thinking because you yeah. just start to take on that role, especially I, it's pushed onto you, you know? I do think though, practically when you come to Cambridge if you if you feel like not very smart and stuff I think again that's something that you're pushing back onto yourself Mm. like when you have that thought when you're in a situation where someone's talking about like niche Japanese film in the 1920s like I think it's amazing that people have those interests just listen and learn oh yeah like just enjoy Uh, when I come back to uni I'm not the smartest person here like my friends definitely not Mm. I enjoy sometimes being a fly on the wall and watching my friends have these amazing conversations about topics I have no idea about yeah because it makes you a better read and more widely versed person oh definitely I think again like a good like workplace comparison is like you don't want to go and work in a job where you're the smartest person in the room that would frustrate me to no end oh yeah because you're ordering people well you feel like you're like a big fish in a little pond I think in life always try to aim to be a small like a small fish in a big pond Mm. it can be hard at first but it brings you on as a person whereas like would you really have been happier at a more sort of lower down Russell Group University where you might have been like the smartest on your course and then you'd still be the smart one One. and you'd just be constantly limited by that stereotype and then when you did leave that uni and found other people and you weren't the smart one anymore i think that would be even shock. more difficult and 100%. more of a shock and i think we're literally just coming round to one of my favorite sayings it's such a cliche saying but i think a lot of things really come down to this and it is literally just comparison is the thief of joy like the moment you start comparing yourself on whatever metric whether it be appearance whether it be intelligence dating i don't know anything you literally like just can't be happy you also fail to understand that there is no universal formula for anything like yeah also don't use the idea that because you're working really hard for a two-one that that makes you stupid it literally does it not. does not like some courses all the courses they're all incredibly hard yeah and at the end of the day i just think you're still clearly you're, you're at university doing a degree so you're clearly intelligent you clearly have a lot to offer yeah please don't get into the mindset of like the first is the goal like last year i used to say a lot that like the the idea of the holy trinity of a first a, uh, a part a life partner in a blue is what people say they want to get so out of far i am on zero <laughs> yeah same i think the majority of people are like it's so arbitrary for example i know i'm sure if i really really wanted to and i worked really really hard i could find some sport to be a blue in but why would I do that? I'd literally be doing it for the idea that I could be like, yeah, I got a blue, which is objectively stupid. It might bring me satisfaction for like 30 seconds when I mention it to someone. Being a blue, if you're really good at a sport and you love that sport, good for you. Like, literally, you that? but yeah, if you're just like, trying, yes. if you just have in your head, I want to be a blue, that's so stupid. You haven't actually set that goal for yourself. It's been set and imposed on you by like a social environment that's pressurizing you when it's ultimately arbitrary and it's probably just not going to make you happy. It's just not worth it. And it's the same thing for a first. Yeah. Like, do you actually want a first or do you want to have a more varied uni experience? Because I think there are some people out there who are living in the 2-1 realm, let's say. Yeah. 
And if they change their social life and their commitments, maybe they could scrape first because they would just put in extra work and sort of get there. But the thing is, uni is, uni is not just about academics. Academic rigour! It's, it's not just academic rigour. It's a, it's a process and it's about growing up. Yeah. It's about making new friends. It's about being an adult. Yeah. Like, I think a lot of the column this week was also kind of just learn to be an adult. That's yeah. how it works. How me and you were probably very different from when we started as a fresher. But ironically, something I experienced was I found when I started here, I regressed. Uh, that's a conversation I have with a lot no, of no. people, yeah. No, like, I felt like I regressed. And then I had to kind of make my way back to where I was before, before I could progress. And I think that's a thing a lot of people go through because of the nature of the environment. And sometimes it isn't the most healthy environment because of like the more childish and secondary school like behaviors it can really like encourage. So I think that's something you always have to kind of tackle and like be aware of, you know? Mm, definitely. Do we have any more questions? <sighs> no, I think that's pretty much good. The article is weekly. The podcast is bi-weekly. Because me and Layla have degrees. We have degrees. <laughs> and I've also literally already fallen behind by being head freshers rep and... I don't know. <laughs> Being just, a train wreck. And I'm just tired, really. Yeah. Read the column. If you if you find this painfully tangential and you think that we're basically just talking like shit for an hour, that that's fine. Read, read the, the col- column. Read the column. The column is much more concise. And practical advice. This is more for the people who want to get to know us as people because there's mm. so much. <laughs> I know, I'm Why joking. Why do you want to get to know me as a person? No, Xanthi, you are worthy. <laughs> Yeah, so if you're if you're interested in sort of some generally like not dating advice, like yes, more practical this has really advice, been dating. column, column, column. Um, and please submit questions. Yeah. We do have good advice. We go on tangents and rants, but yeah. like rant, rant. I get bullied for saying rant. Rant, yeah. Rant, okay. Um, yeah, column, hit hit up the column, hit up the form, please. Please. Yeah. What's our next theme? Um, so next week's column is still refreshes. Um, but then the next podcast is kind of we would we wanted to make it a bit more academic, but it appears yeah. people are all kind of loving. The you dating. know what? Just send in whatever you want, and we'll talk about we it. We will. Um, but like, if you if you're finding if it's workload stuff or like society's life balance, figuring out sort of think about the stuff stuff that stresses you out in week three and four. Literally, just and send it our way. Yeah. Well, this has been Layla and Xanthi as your college aunts. (laughs) See you in two weeks. weeks.